The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny, I hope you're listening. You run this team. You're the general manager. You can fix it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Sonny. Sonny. Every year, someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good, because tomorrow I got a feeling it could be you if you don't make this deal. Let's talk about the draft. I need you to make a splash, Sonny. If you can't do it, then I have to do it. Just to be clear here, you're threatening to fire me, right? Your job is to coach a team I give you. They do it different in Dallas? Yeah, they do. They win. A lot. How is it that the ultimate prize in the most macho sport ever invented is a piece of jewelry? Can we talk football? We can always talk football. I just want the team that I want, one time. You see things other people don't see. Rewind that back to the start of the play. That's one of the things I love about you. All that matters is what you think. Write your own story, Sonny. I want this team's future back. Let's get busy. Draft day. History in the making. 224 young men are about to become players in the National Football League. Bo Callahan, he's the surefire slam dunk number one pick. Trade me. I'm going to do what's best for the team. This is the draft analysis we've all been working on for the last two months. Just made a trade with the Seahawks. Sonny, that's our future. You sold a cow for magic beans. How does the entire world already know about this, Mom? Because I just tweeted it. You're on Twitter? You're not. I love having the number one pick. <laughs> I hope that you would. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. It's go time, boss. You got row. Who are you going to take? What's happening? Who are you picking? You son of a... I need five minutes, and then you can fire me. I got Tom Michaels on the line. Sonny, are we trading six? I quit, Sonny. Don't quit. See what I do from here. You're going to like this. The football world is in shock, wondering what exactly the Cleveland Browns' Sonny Weaver Jr. is cooking up here. You're not going to believe what's happening. You make this deal right now, say it with me. An absolute stutter. Okay, screw it. No more offer. Oh, 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 oh. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TickTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Guys. Have you ever had so much stuff going on on the same day that you both had to put out a fire and throw a laptop across the room? Because I feel like that has never happened to me in months. <laughs> yes, once. 
Well, <laughs> so Sonny never puts out the fire. That's true. Jennifer Garner comes and puts out the fire. So neither has Sonny. Sonny has never had one of those days. But this is just a, it's not a great day for him, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, at the very end, but we'll <laughs> get there. <laughs> Real quick, can I tell you? I mean, it's exaggerated, but that's kind of what it's like to be at that level in sports. I, I know that for a fact. I, I've been yelled at several times for the stuff that Sonny was yelled. Uh, not uh, what's the uh, Rich, right? The intern. Rich, yeah. Rich, yeah, the, the intern. intern. Yeah, he. Ooh, that brought me back. I, I had PTSD when he was getting yelled at. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't envy that. But uh, this week we have a guest with us. Uh, he is the co-owner and managing editor at FantasyPoints.com and host on Sirius XM Radio. We have Joe Dolan here. Thanks for coming on the show, Joe. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I think it's an apropos week uh, to have me on the podcast. Great time to talk to you guys about a, what let's just call it a very interesting film, Draft Day. Good to be with everybody here. I've never done a movie podcast before, so this is something new for me, and I'm going to be having a lot of fun. Great. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about FantasyPoints.com or whatever you want to talk about. No, well, let's just boil it down this way. If you want to win your fantasy football league, come to FantasyPoints.com. Dot com. I know Myers is an avid reader oh, and no, listener. Stop giving away my secrets. Yeah. Sorry, oh. Myers. Sorry, <laughs> Myers. This is a very important week for us, though, because it's the NFL draft. Our NFL prospect guide is up on the website. I'm not here to sell anything, though. I'm here to have fun. But fantasypoints.com, you will not regret it if you come to the website. Trust me. Joe, yeah. Joe, uh, after the podcast, you and I should talk. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Have Myers give you my number. I'm, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. You guys are screwed now. It's Absolutely. all <laughs> So maybe you'll you'll be one of my new um I call them my August friends. Uh for <laughs> people who are like it's guys, it is unbelievable. I don't know how this happens, but each and every year around like August 15th, a whole lot of people remember, you know, I wonder what Dolan's up to. I'm going to check in with him. Uh see how he's doing. How how how's the wife? How are the dogs? How's that? Oh, and by the way, <laughs> maybe i'll get a little extra it's just a, it's just weird how that works out it's like you hit the lottery every august right and then i know just, just friends weird. and family come out of the woodwork funny <laughs> how that works out every year i i'll see if it happens again this year my guess is it will what we do every week is we talk about anything we've been watching so joe we're gonna start with you is there anything you've been watching this week i'm finishing up my wife and i are finishing up the last kingdom on netflix which has kind of scratched our game of thrones like brave hearty itch it's more Braveheart than game of thrones because there's no like witchcraft and and monsters and creepy crawlies and all that stuff but there's a lot of hunky dudes going around talking and then like vague european accents a lot of good battles just a really uh entertaining show barry's coming back i just watched the first two episodes of better call saul from this season so we we've been enjoying that so that's what we've been watching loved yellow jackets and only murders in the building this year so uh plenty plenty that i have been watching but not, none of that we're going to be talking about on this show <laughs> great dan what about you anything so my wife and i are going through the stranger things seasons getting ready for the the new season i think it's the final season so we're just kind of uh, boning up on that and i i don't know if you guys remember this but do you remember the the one character mike like i guess he's one of the main the main kids everyone just mm-hmm. dunks on his dad for no reason is, which one's mike remind me is it the he's main the, kid yeah he's is the it one Finn that, wolfhard yes he, he's the one in ghostbusters i think correct right. 
Yeah. yeah. So everyone just kind of like dunks on his dad, and he's the only one who never does really like really anything wrong. Like, like <laughs> Stranger Things, they make it look like the father is this like lame, boring dude. Like, all right, well, I'm sorry that your dad makes six figures in 1985 and <laughs> and just like loves his family. I don't know what to tell you. What guys. a loser! Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, to be oh, fair no. to that child, that mom is hot as hell. Oh, yeah, Mike's mom that's, is that's definitely, a hot mom. Yeah, and he oh he knows that he definitely knows that Billy knows that, and he's going out of his way to uh, to really give her the business. <laughs> it's just like, even the little kids are just like, oh, you're, you're useless, Mister. I, I forget the kid, the <laughs> last name, but you're useless, or you don't get that from your dad. And like, all right, well, maybe lay <laughs> off the dad. He's the the only one thing like illegal or crazy here. So we watched that, and then I watched The Crow, Brandon Brandon Lee's The Crow, and okay. I thought it was going to be like I was really excited to watch it for some reason, and. I, I liked it the first time I watched it. the second time I this is the second time I've seen it. I it doesn't hold up very well, but it has a decent like Tony Todd's in it. He's pretty cool. Ernie Hudson is always great. And then that was kind of like it. And I was very disappointed. I don't know why I was so excited to watch The Crow, but damn, that, yeah. that's pretty much it. I don't know. You're just not into the hot topic scene, I guess. Yeah, I've outgrown it. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Anything? None. I, I I did plan to go see um, the movie I keep mentioning every week. This weekend just got busy. I did watch a lot of five-minute craft videos on YouTube, but I don't think that counts for this. <laughs> I had to clean I, my apartment, so something had to be on in the background. I just I love how the, your part of this segment is the things I almost went to see or yeah, thought yeah. about. As for me, I went to the movie theaters twice oh, wow. this weekend, twice. gentlemen. Twice. And I took the wife to see it, see a movie. She hasn't gone to the theaters since COVID. And I think Little Women was the movie we last saw. So we went to the theaters on Saturday night and we saw The Northman, which was weird and kind of great, but also very <laughs> weird. And it was it was quite silent at the end of that movie in terms of the theater. I don't think it's going to be a great crowd pleaser as what people think. But I really love The Witch. And this is Robert Egg- Eggers third movie. And really well done, super violent, a little more mystical than I was expecting, but not a uh, I I didn't mind it. But uh, Alexander Skarsgård is yoked as fuck in it. Yeah, it's wild. There's it feel there's moments where it feels I was like, oh, that that feels like a and d moment. That feels like a and d thing that you would have to do. So was it was it almost like the Green Knight in, in a way? So I haven't seen mysticism. Oh, I haven't seen the Green Knight, but I think people are making the comparisons to that. Okay, but I really enjoyed it. I can't say I would recommend it. Someone asked me that question. Like, would you recommend it? I was like, "Ah." I feel like I wouldn't recommend it to my parents because it's over two hours. And but we watched that and I liked it. If you like Robert Eggers, give it a shot. Like Morbius made so much money and the prevailing comment out of it, like the best comments I ever saw was it's not that bad. And it's like, well, you're paying money $15 (laughs) minimum to go see this movie that people are saying is not that bad. It's like, what are you doing with your life? Go see, go see things like the Northman or everything everywhere all at once. Mark. Yes. (laughs) I didn't even want to try and say it because I mess it up every. So yeah, give money to the movies that need it. And, um, you know, rely on every ticket sale 
But the other thing I saw was another one sort of like that. It's the unbearable weight of massive talent I went to go oh. see because I needed to get my Nick Cage fix. And it's delightful. Okay. It's a lot of fun. It's like it's like Tropic Thunder if Tropic Thunder was just about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that is what I could compare it. He's he's fun in it. Uh, Pedro Pascal's a lot of a lot of fun in it. It's it's a good time. It's a solid seven. But if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, definitely seek that one out. That's all I watched this week. Oh, so nice. we're we're gonna take a quick break, and you guys are gonna list some ads so we can pay those bills, and we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Mark's pick. So Mark, yeah. want to tell us about the movie that you picked this week? Yeah. So this movie I've been thinking about doing for a few years that we've been doing this podcast. As you heard earlier, I do have a few friends that work in the uh, fantasy football industry. So I always had this idea of roping at least one, two, or maybe all three of them into doing a podcast of the Kevin Costner classic draft day, just to because some of them might have some behind like knowledge of how this stuff usually works, you know, talking to people they've known over the years and stuff and just uh, how ridiculous and maybe unrealistic this movie can be or how close to realistic it is, um, surprisingly. But yeah, so I've watched this movie once before. And the only two things I remembered from it going back was that Aaron Foster played Ray Jennings. And then two... The part where the uh, the nerdy intern is trying to put his laptop back together after Kevin Costner throws it against the wall. <laughs> it was such a natural, like, sad, like, intern, like, moment of, oh, man, I can't afford to get a new one. <laughs> you know, and it felt real. It felt very real. But, yeah, the the roller coaster ride that this movie goes on is something I completely forgot. You know, how... For the early part of the movie, you're wondering how he has a job. And then by the end, you're like, oh, this, why doesn't he just do this all the time? Like, <laughs> like it's such a crazy thing. And then it, he's the one GM that had like every single kind of life event happen in one day, <laughs> apparently, or within a week. So a lot of plot devices. And by God, did they just want to throw a lot of NFL shit in there? Obviously, it was sponsored by them, but or paid for by them. I loved when they would go to the cities and be like Kansas City, home of the Chiefs, and, <laughs> and put up the logo. But yeah, this movie is as interesting and weird as I remember it being. And um, it's what every person not in a war room thinks these war rooms are like. Okay, great. But you, Joe, where are you coming from with draft day? Oh, oh man. First and foremost, allow me to say this. I was entertained, okay? But... Yeah. I was entertained because I was laughing the whole time. I mentioned this to my wife tonight because she watched with me. And I said, she loves the, like, the Hallmark Christmas movies, right? If they made a Hallmark movie about the NFL draft, it could not be sappier. <laughs> sure. Like, definitely. It, was, it was legitimately a Hallmark take on the NFL draft. It was unrealistic. I don't remember any of the characters' names. As a matter of fact, I didn't even find out until today that Arian Foster played the running back in that movie. <laughs> Like, yeah. I was like, oh, there's yeah. Kevin Costner and there's Jennifer Garner and there's Dennis. I don't know their character names. I just like, it's, yeah. it's Kevin Costner and, and Chadwick. And although Chadwick Boseman's name stands out because of the note of the note, but yeah, it was so incredibly unrealistic and all that together because they inserted the nerdy intern at just the right times that it was funny enough. 
but yeah, it was, let's just say I've, I've had worse Saturday nights, but this was definitely a movie that was way more unintentionally comedic than I think they were going for, but it was entertaining enough for me. I'm sure we'll gut into nitpicking all the things wrong about it, but it was entertaining enough. And if you're a serious football fan, especially with the NFL draft coming up this week and you want something that you're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Watch this movie. You'll enjoy it. Okay, great. Dan, what about you? Where are you coming from? Draft day. So I've seen draft day. This is the second time. The first time was just out of sheer, you know, curiosity. Just, you know, nothing else was on. Never saw it. Figured why not. This movie is, it's a very forgetful movie. Because I remember I saw it. I remembered nothing about it during the second watch. I was like, oh, oh yeah, Jennifer Gardner's in this. I forgot about that. Frank Langella's in this. Oh, okay. I'm kind of remembering some of these things. But I, I didn't remember like the 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 whole twist at the end and just how and and i came to the realization this movie is just the story of a man who fails upwards that's all he does his whole life he just fails upwards right he's son of a coach (laughs) son of a coach right he's a terrible husband so he gets divorced then he hooks up with jennifer gardner like oh okay so you upgraded there then you make you show your ass and you give up a ton of you give up all your first round picks and you get the guy you wanted then you get everyone else that you want <laughs> yeah the only thing I missing mean, he didn't he didn't also get bo callahan just for this is and this is exactly why i call it like the hallmark movie right because the whole thing about a Hallmark movie at Christmas is they got to save the lodge or they have to save the Christmas village or, you know, something like that. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to fall in love with somebody who's jaded, who is from the city. And then not only do I save the lodge, but I also get the person I fell in love with who moves from New York city to Podunk, Colorado, just for me. Like, um, it, like that is literally what this movie was. It was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's and it, it's you could tell this movie is definitely sponsored by the NFL because the first thing it does is try to sweep, uh, it, it tries to sweep assault and battery under the rug. Like it's all just a <laughs> little assault and battery. He only landed a kid in a hospital. It's yeah. fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> it only happened once. <laughs> yeah, it, he's still a good kid. All right, we all make mistakes. It, so, so you had that and. I I really groaned whenever they would like wax poetic with certain NFL stories from years past, you know, like Joe Montana with the final drive. Like, the oh, John Candy story. Yeah, the John yeah. Candy story. Or like, like, oh, he's got a lot of Pittsburgh in him. He's doing this, this and that. I'm just like, oh, like no GM gives a shit about prior stuff like that. No yeah. one does that. Yeah, and I, it, it was all just to like make make NFL this like the, this love story for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, I think the only realistic thing that he talks about, or, uh, and again, I've never been around GMs or know if this was really happened, but when they're re-scouting Bo Callahan and he goes, everybody has a something. We just have mm-hmm. to figure out what his is and if we can live with it. Mm-hmm. That I'm makes like, sense. I was like, yeah, I can see some GMs. Like that's the most realistic line. I think he says in the movie. That's a really good point. Myers. Yeah. That, yeah. that was, that was that. It's just, it, it became so outsized that, like, obviously the entire premise of the movie is that Bo Callahan's a campness prospect, okay? Yeah. 
and they trade for the guy while knowing absolutely nothing about him. <laughs> exactly. Which means they didn't do their due diligence at all. Dude, let me tell you something. These GMs, even if you have no chance to draft Aiden Hutchinson this year, the GMs, forgive me for a crude term, but they know how big the chunks of corn in his crap are, okay? Like, they know <laughs> everything about this. You're going to tell me that this guy who was supposedly this can't-miss quarterback prospect, every GM in the league didn't know that he was a selfish asshole? Like, right. <laughs> I, I, and I yeah. mean, like, they really... This is this is where I got like, and I mean, I expected to be disconnected from this movie, so I was able to enjoy it for what it was. But my favorite, I think, my favorite line in the line I laughed the most at about this entire movie is when he goes into the gym uh, to the strength coach, and they're talking about uh, the the quarterback who was injured, right? Brian uh, Drew. Brian Drew. Brian Drew. Yeah. Okay, and he goes, "Yeah, did you know what your star receiver such and such said about him? Like, like they threw in there that." like Kevin Costner wouldn't know who his star receiver was. Like they, <laughs> they really shoehorned that line in there. Hey, this is your star receiver. And here's what he said. And Kevin Costner didn't know that his starting quarterback had been working out and squatting 350 pounds or whatever. Give me a yeah. break. <laughs> like, squatting like, 400 pounds. <laughs> like, yeah. Kevin Costner is attached to, the, to that quarterback's leg. Like Jeff Van Gundy to Alonzo morning. Okay. Like <laughs> he knew he knows every pound that kid was lifting and he does. He's doing secret workouts. Like, like the general manager doesn't know about him. It, it's funny. Cause you mentioned that every, even if you know, you're not getting the quarterback. They kind of they do their due diligence, right? And yeah. they bring that point up when Kevin Costner talks about Andrew Luck. Like everybody knew about Andrew Luck. Well, the Browns weren't going to get Andrew Luck that year. They knew that, but still, yeah. apparently, they knew Andrew Luck was this dynamite, uh, you know, can't miss quarterback. Yeah. So they they kind of ruined that whole idea at the get go. Yeah, yeah. It it just I, I think the main thing was they needed to. They were like, all right, we have to show what it's like to scout somebody. So let's just have them go through all the things they would have done for months before in six hours. Yeah, sure. And, and my, my favorite part about that strength coach, I'm so glad Joe brought him up, um, is that guy was just given a note. Strength coaches yell in a really like husky, deep voice. And that yeah. guy was like, got it. <laughs> like, okay. oh. oh, speaking well, of the scouting process, by the way, just like, yeah. I, I'll let you. I thought it was hysterical, and I understand why they did this. It's a Hollywood movie, but I just thought it was hysterical that all the scouting tapes that they used to to evaluate Callahan were these highly zoomed in, highly produced, like highlight reels with like fourteen different camera angles. Which is like, if obviously if you're an NFL fan, you know what coaches scout on. It's from super zoomed out, like. So you can see every player on the field at all the times. I understand why they did that, but it was just so hilarious to me that they have like these these cinematic camera angles on their scouting tapes. It was that might not have landed with other people the way it did with me, but it certainly landed with me, and I I got a chuckle out of it. Definitely. Yes. So, Ant, what did you think? So this is my first time I've watched Draft Day. I didn't mind the NFL stuff. Well, I'll say I didn't mind the football stuff. This is the biggest piece of propaganda that we've watched since <laughs> Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Yes. Because the budget on this movie is only $25 million, I'm assuming, because NFL gave them a lot more. I want to start a rumor or say that they knew that the NFL knew that the movie Concussion was coming out in 2015. So they scrambled to put together a movie that painted them in a nice light. Where did the $25 million go? 
Uh, Kevin Costner probably got a good chunk because it doesn't show in the in anywhere else, right? It, it... I was surprised that it was as expensive as it was because I was thinking about it before I did that research. I was like, you know what? This is like a this is like an office building. They could have shot this. I don't even know who who produced this Lionsgate. Let's say like they could have shot it in the offices of whatever production company that they have because most of it's just office stuff. I guess location stuff. I'm assuming they went to some of the places they said they went, but they didn't have to because a lot of it's just boardrooms of of teams. But the stuff inside the war room was fun, probably unrealistic, but I was so bored by everything not involving that stuff. Like I couldn't give a shit about his mom wanting to scatter the ashes. It's like, lady, read the fucking room. First of all, Ellen Verston. Your your son is obviously clinging to the threads of his job and you're wanting to scatter his dad's ashes like three hours before he's on the clock. It's like, just take a seat, pop some pills. Um, Dad's uh, not going anywhere. That's a, that's a requiem for a dream joke for anybody that, <laughs> that picked up on that. that. And the Jennifer Garner romance is weird because there's no chemistry there and it's inappropriate given the age <laughs> difference. I have it written down. Is there a real reason for this love story? Yeah. Like, that's a Rene Russo role, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, a good like, one. Reteam Kevin Costner and Rene Russo. I'd yes. watch that. But then, you know, Rene Russo is probably too old to have a, a pregnancy storyline. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't need to be. Just be like, you know, you know, Sonny, you're just not committing to me or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm at the easier. end. You know, I are we what are we doing here basically storyline mm-hmm. that's all that needed to be i love that chadwick postman was 37 playing a college recruit that's yeah, great he, and the the best part is he was by far far and away the best actor in the movie yeah like like all of his scenes i was like oh man i i want him to get drafted first <laughs> so he's like, he got me yeah He's good. And I, you know what? I, I don't dislike Kevin Costner in this movie. He's, he's Kevin, like he's Kevin Costner. But it all it all revolves around that last 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. This movie drags this whole thing out yeah. for that final 15 minutes. And it's not a particularly long movie. Probably could no. be 90 minutes, though. Yeah. The, gold, the golden ratio. I thought they did a pretty good job of conveying that all owners are pricks. <laughs> yeah. That, right they did a good job with that because right the, you had franklin jella and then uh the the one the, the owner of the seahawks he, i think he was the gm but yeah was, oh, okay because he was he was like fleece him like pretty much just like take this guy's lunch like <laughs> no one like no one wanted to help anybody here and save seven million dollars? what's that yeah, yeah save seven million dollars we have to do this deal <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it was uh and, and then you have Dennis Leary, who might have been the biggest prick out of all of them, just because he's Dennis Leary. I, I thought that it had some decent performances, but outside of outside of that, it was a very slow-paced movie and just very, very dull. Yeah, there's not so, anything very memorable about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so I, I, I couldn't decide if it was funnier that the Dennis Leary character was supposed to be Barry Switzer. Or that they assumed the Cowboys had won a ring recently. Right. They, I guess they were just expecting that to have happened. 
was more unrealistic, <laughs> that or the fact that the University of Wisconsin would have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. That. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only school that they could that was cheap enough to get the, yeah. the helmet. <laughs> All right, what's the what's the cheapest but most believable? Uh, we couldn't pick Tulsa. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure that uh, that Nevada's gonna fly. We gotta go Power Five, but not too bad. Like, don't pick, don't pick Iowa State. I got it, Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> people know them. Yeah. I did a little research. Well, I mean, not a lot, a little research. I feel like this is pretty well known. So the the whole crux of this movie is essentially uh, Frank Langella pressures Kevin Costner to make this big, big splash, right? So he he trades with Seattle for the number one spot, and he's like on the fence with taking this uh, quarterback, right? Winds up not doing it. Spoiler alert! And he like the, the, he's lauded as a genius for what happens afterwards, right? So who won the 2014 Super Bowl? The Cleveland Browns. No, was it the Seahawks. It was the Seahawks. The Seahawks wind up winning the the, the Super Bowl, and they get their quarterback. So once yeah. again, this movie proves the Browns can't do shit right. <laughs> yeah, and you absolutely know that uh, Ray Jennings is going to be a bust. Oh yeah, Florida State running back. Yeah, here's here's the funny part, and I like I I, I mean. The entire discussion of this podcast basically is going to have to come down to the last 15 minutes because that's yeah. all that's really all the substance of this movie. The the funniest part to me and and uh, there is a very militant group of 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 people on Twitter who uh, and, and I mean this it's understandable talking about the value of positions, okay? Like yeah. a quarterback obviously means more than a kicker, you know? Like things like that. Well, of of the non like kicker punter long snapper tier of positions in football those who who really like are, are adherent to analytics would tell you the two least valuable positions in all of football are probably linebacker and running back and the, the the two top 10 picks that he spends are on a linebacker although <laughs> to be fair i think it's i think it's implied that vonte mack is a pass rusher so yeah. that 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 gives him a little bit more value but running backs in the top 10 are generally regarded as terrible picks so like it would have been hysterical if this happened in real life which it would never happen in real life and yeah. we'll get into that how that like people would be like wait a minute you made these incredible trades, but you still made terrible picks. Like, what are you doing with your life? Um, uh, it like there is so much going on at the end of that movie that like it just continually one upped itself. Draft Day from 2014 is directed by Ivan Reitman, director of Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, One and Two, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave Junior, Father's Day, Six Days, Seven Nights, Evolution, which we've covered on this podcast, My Super Ex Girlfriend, and No Strings Attached. The quality career of mostly middle of the road comedies, besides Ghostbusters and Stripes, probably. <laughs> Starring Kevin Costner, Chadwick Boseman, Jennifer Garner, Frank Langella, Dennis Leary, Patrick St. Esprit, Jai McBride, Tom Welling, W. Earl Brown, Terry Crews, Arian Foster, Griffin Newman, Ellen Burstyn, Kevin Dunn, and Sean Diddy Combs, featuring cameos from Roger Goodell. Chris Berman, Rich Eisen, Deion Sanders, Mike Mayock, Mel Kuyper, and many more. IMDb yes, score. Good. And one for me and Joe. Joe Banner was in it at the very oh, end. Oh, yeah. And then pre-canceled <laughs> Grudog was in there, too. <laughs> yeah, he was in there. He got he got one in there. Oh, man. Yeah, there was there was a lot of, oh, oh, oh uh, good to see you. Jim, yeah, Jim Brown was in there. 
Yeah. Um, they they got they got the Browns greats like Bernie Kosar. They they uh, the NFL the NFL really laid it on thick in this movie. Yes, they did. The B score of six point eight and a Rotten Tomato score of sixty percent. Budget twenty five million dollars. Box office twenty nine million dollars. So hey, a little bit over. It made its money back. Yeah, I mean when you don't count like advertising and stuff like that. But it's, uh, I mean the NFL took care of all that, so. That's possibly that's definitely probably true because good lord, there's a lot of NFL dick sucking going on in this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that draft day is uh, it's it's fine. I think when uh, I will yeah. not remember this movie and I will probably never watch it again. <laughs> I think that's what I could come away with saying is that it's it's there. It exists. Yep. That's, Kevin that's all it's paid for. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to get into plot? Let's do it. Yep. All right, Dan, what you got? Just going to give a very quick shout out to two of our friends, Tia and Brittany, and their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a podcast where Tia and Brittany go over top ten lists. So if that's something that's uh, up your alley, go over to geekvibesnation.com, search Top Ten with Tia, check them out, give them a follow. And you can follow Tia on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. And we will be back in a second. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into plot four draft day we open on draft day that's the name of this movie yep. roughly 12 hours from the first pick in Times square as everyone sets up for the presentation and we get and that chris... sweeping oh, i was just gonna say go ahead here we go i was gonna say and chris berman waxing philosophical <laughs> about draft day which is the name of this movie go ahead no, that's what I was going to say. And then Chris, Chris Furman reads a poem at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, just really. <laughs> really just making I mean, sure you understand what's going on here. I don't want to keep saying sucking the dick, but really just <laughs> sucking the NFL's dick. <laughs> I mean, I guess he knows where he's getting paid. Uh, yeah, that, then we, yeah, then we go to Seattle as the GM and another front office person discuss what to do with their first overall pick. The slam dunk first pick is Heisman Trophy winner Bo Callahan, quarterback. But Seattle is looking for any reason to trade out of the pick, which I'm actually not 100% sure why. Um, They talk about who they might wind up trading their pick to. And then we cut to Cleveland and Sonny Weaver's house, played by Kevin Costner. I I love the way they do the cut. He goes, what poor sap could we get to give us more than we want? (laughs) Cleveland. (laughs) It's so fitting that the next shot is of Kevin Costner, though. (laughs) 
<laughs> what a way to introduce our hero. Yeah. <laughs> a poor sap. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb idiot is going to take a, take our pick. It's like something out of a Simpsons cartoon <laughs> episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Homer. Yep. He is the GM of the Browns, and he's the son of the former coach who just passed away. And Jennifer Garner is his agent-appropriate girlfriend who is pregnant, and he didn't have a super great reaction to the news. This is such a subplot I do not care about. And I skipped no. o- I skipped over writing notes of several scenes that they're in whenever they go to the closet. Like, yeah. who gives a shit? Uh, she leaves, and he gets a call from Seattle about trading for the first overall pick. Seattle plays coy about wanting to move out of the number one pick, but wants a king's ransom for it regardless. The next two first rounders and a third rounder in the in the third year tom from yeah. seattle wants to make the deal right there but Sonny tells him he's got to go good yeah yeah the uh and the one the first un well i'm not sure about this but the first unrealistic thing is a gm driving around listening to sports talk radio you don't think they they listen to sports talk uh, some might Maybe maybe it's just me in the radio business. I like I actually don't didn't find that being too unrealistic. I'm sure many don't, but I do think, especially in a city like Cleveland, okay. where the fan base is so in tune with or or not in tune, but the fan base is so has such a relationship with the team. I think they like to know what um what is being said. And I'll I'll tell you this. When I worked for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, the PR team would send out every single day links to news stories and blog posts regarding. <laughs> so at, now I don't know if that's common practice around the league. And that doesn't certainly doesn't equate to a general manager listening to like Angelo Catal- Cataldi scream his head off. But yeah. <laughs> I, I do think they care about what people are yeah. saying. And maybe especially so a general manager whose job is up. So I don't know if I found that as unrealistic, but like, I can see why initially you might think that, Oh my God, like, what is he doing? to? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, it's, it's the listening version of doom scrolling. Yeah. I mean, you guys do root for the football, the basketball team that had a GM that had a burner account. So (laughs) on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, don't like, I mean, I think these guys know and, Again, it, it boils back to the conversation we had earlier about, like, how the hell did they not know that this quarterback was an asshole? Like, right. <laughs> it, you know, it's just like, not to say that these guys are omnipresent and omnipotent and all-knowing, but if you're a general manager, you're going to know quite a few things, like, in yeah. this regard. It's your, by the way, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back to, we'll get to that when once the trade happens, because I have a point about the scouting department to make, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because like, John, like it feels like they kind of pulled some Johnny Manziel stuff with this Bo Callahan of like his personality. It's like, man, everybody knew about that. How could you not? Right. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh, like, man, oh, he's he's fucking so many girls. That's such a surprise to me. They have draft day. And and they give him like, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar numbers in terms of women <laughs> he sleeps with. Like he's sleeping with at least 20 women like a, a week. Yeah, you think so? I I don't know, man. Wait a minute, did 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 Kareem bang that many women, or do you mean Wilt Chamberlain? Oh, Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, I was about to say, like now, like yeah, I don't I don't know if we should do that to to Kareem. I mean, Kareem's got a good (laughs) reputation, and hey, more power to him if he's out there racking up numbers. But (laughs) he did it silently. He he didn't he didn't flaunt it. But I knew. You know, I mean, Bo Callahan doesn't read the playbook, so he's got all kinds of time on his hands. Makes sense. Yeah. So Sonny goes to work 
and we get some more philosophical conversation about the Cleveland Browns by some local Cleveland personalities who also call Sonny Weaver out by name. Then Sonny gets a call from Vontae Mack, 37-year-old Chadwick Bozeman, who is apparently playing a 22-year-old linebacker, hoping to be picked by Sonny because if not, he'll probably fall later in the draft. They can't afford the paycheck because he's got nephews to take care of. Sonny hangs up. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the end of the scene, Chadwick's uh, little, the the shot on him after he hangs up, um, and you can just, like, see on his face that he portrays the emotion, and then the instant that he knows how to, like, flip it to be like, hey, to the to the nephews, like, mm-hmm. not show them what's going on. I think, I think it was, like I said, again, he's probably, in terms of acting scenes, despite not being in much of this movie, probably the best parts of this movie. Yeah. Arian Foster could never. No. No, he, that was that was like local athlete commercial level acting. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was he, like I forget that he's in this movie at points. Like he gets he gets er, he, he shows up in the next scene and then like man, ghost town until yeah. the NFL draft. But Sony hangs up. Sonny hangs up and when he's getting gas and he gets a call from Terry Crews representing his son, Ray Jennings, Arian Foster running back out of Florida State that may slip in the draft because of an off the field altercation. And that's yeah. it, really. That's a running back slipping to number seven. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 I mean, I know like to, from a plot standpoint, that's about one of like the bottom five things that's wrong with this movie. But like. A running back slipping in the draft is like getting undrafted these days. One slipping to number seven is so ridiculous to me. But um, yeah, what was they? They were obviously in an NFL sponsored movie. Very careful to make sure that this was an ambiguous fight where he might not have started it and might have just been defending himself. Right. Right. And and they had to they had to make sure that happened. So, but uh, (laughs) I'm actually surprised they allowed that. Right. That's a good point. Right. Why even draw negative attention? to any of these players if you're trying to paint yourself in such a good light that was about as realistic as it gets because you know in 250 guys get drafted every year like a like a decent number of them like five six who knows have been in bar fights in their lives i mean it's just yeah. the way things go so yeah I mean, that yeah, actually might be one of the most realistic things about the movie there's there's <laughs> bar fights and smoking weed with a gas mask right. you know things happen oh man that actually happened by the way that was yeah, not yeah. a movie yeah. <laughs> Um, talk about a running back slipping played by Arian Foster, who went undrafted. Yeah. Uh, Sonny then meets with the owner, Anthony Molina, played by Frank Langella at a water park, just so Molina can make a metaphor about making a splash. Oh, I hated that scene. <laughs> People pay to get wet, Sonny. <laughs> Gross, dude. Yeah, an old man Frank Langella is the one that says that, too. I know. Oh, yeah. This made me feel dirty. Yeah, there's <laughs> like... I I'll be honest, Ant. I've watched this movie twice, and I don't think the metaphor hit me until you just said it, <laughs> and it makes me hate that scene even more. Yep, it's like there's no reason to be there. No, no. Langella's like I, he's going to the airport. I think right. They don't even like give like I say this on almost all of our podcasts. You know, it's my it's my one one of my tenants. They couldn't even give you like one line that he owned the water park. Like, like that's it. Just it's one of his businesses. That's why they're there. It probably is, but at the same time, it's literally just so he could talk about making a splash. I'm honestly surprised that there's a water park in Cleveland. To be honest, there's like Uh, there's like a famous thing at least in Ohio. uh, Cedar Point. Cedar Point. Yeah. 
Cedar Point is in <clears throat> Sandusky, it, Ohio. Um, yeah. but which is which is near Cleveland. So um, yeah. it, it's uh, yeah, Cedar Point's like one of the oh, great roller okay. coaster parks in the world. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. It's pretty nice. Really? Yeah, but it's not in you Cleveland. Are, no, no, it's it's outside okay. of Cleveland. Gotcha. Matter okay. of fact, let me uh, let me Google Maps it for you right now because I uh, <laughs> when I went there as a kid. Uh, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after, so it was Cleveland. Ohio. See, there's no thing you could have done at your bachelor party, Dan. Yeah, it's an, it's yeah. about an hour away. It's about an hour away. Probably the most fun thing that's ever happened to Cleveland, my bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you you guys enjoy your your roller coasters. I'm gonna pass Cedar Point. Thank you very much. Um, so. Where am I? Uh, they go over what the team needs, and short of. Bo Callahan falling into their laps. Molina wants Sonny to take Ray Jennings as a team, and their new head coach needs a running back. Molina says Sonny needs to make a splash, or he's fired. On the way to the stadium, Sonny calls Tom in Seattle to make the trade, but now Tom says he wants their next three first-round picks instead of two and a third. So Sonny begrudgingly makes that trade. There's no GM that makes that trade, right? Mike a lot to give up. Mike Dicka did that? Yeah, he gave up. You have a lot for Ricky Williams. I'll, t- I'll, uh, this, this trade is actually one of the more realistic parts of the entire movie. Really? Three first round picks for the number one overall pick is about as realistic as it gets. Wow. It, and, and the first one being a top 10 pick. So first and foremost, I was going to tell you, and I wanted to talk about that when you had first mentioned it, the initial offer from Seattle, um, Kevin Costner should have taken that and run with it right away. Two first-round picks and a third for the number one overall pick when there is supposedly a can't-miss quarterback on the board, you must make that trade. You must. Right. That That is a – so let me go Let me go to the uh, 2012 NFL draft, okay? Because this is going to feature um, uh, Washington trading up to the number two overall pick to take Robert Griffin the third. And we know how that worked out, but let's just – Let's just talk about the trade. So for the number two overall pick in 2012, St. Louis traded um, first round selections, uh, traded the number two overall pick to Washington for first round picks in 2012, 2013, and 2014, and a second round selection in 2012. And Washington only moved up from six to two as opposed to seven to one in this deal. So actually... You can make the argument that Cleveland underpaid for that deal. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The first one that Kevin Costner should have been fired for not taking the first trade, even if he didn't <laughs> want Callahan. Be- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Because he could have pawned that pick off to anybody else for more than that. So yeah. that was, so the, the second trade was that of all the trades made in this movie, that was the most fair trade. The three first round picks for the number one overall pick. Yeah. And I think they even referenced the Griffin trade in it in, without saying it. I think they did mention that Myers. I, right now that you yeah. mentioned it, and Ma- Washington ended up giving up more than Cleveland did in yeah. this hypothetical. So, yeah, nice. that was actually the most realistic trade in the entire movie. Wow, that's mind-boggling because to me, like, you know, that's they even mentioned that's that's the farm. He's selling the farm, and they they make it 
so much more difficult than I guess it really would have been. And the other realistic part that Kevin Costner mentioned when Dennis Leary came and yelled at him for selling the farm or mortgaging the future, whichever term you want to use. And he's like, no, we didn't mortgage the future. Bo Callahan is the future. Yeah. So that that was also a realistic thing for him to say. So of all the deals made in this movie, let's not forget that Costner turned down an incredible deal before talking to Frank Langella. The deal he ended up making was actually probably pretty fair for both sides. Oh, man. That's why that blew my mind. (laughs) <laughs> that's why you brought me on here guys i had to yeah. i had to relate it to something no paying dividends yeah we're gonna go. get to the ridiculous trades made in this oh, yeah. don't <laughs> now i'm like I'm, i i don't know what to expect now <laughs> so sunny comes into the war room to hear the head coach Penn talk up ray jennings the running back but sunny breaks the news to him and the team that he traded for the number one pick two mixed reviews we'll say um Molina calls to congratulate Sonny and says he's headed to New York to meet Bo personally and makes a Spider-Man turn on the dark uh, joke, which is super timely and just yeah. still holds up to today. <laughs> Longest running show on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> and Coach Penn is not happy because he felt they already had a QB and what he really needs is a running back. And then Sonny asks Allie, Jennifer Garner, to work on the numbers for the salary cap with the assumption they're taking both the first pick. And Sonny tells the team that they should look at Bo Callahan's tape before they wind up picking him. You know, as Joe said, they probably should have done that before. Yeah. Even if they didn't think they were getting him. Yeah, I guess because you're picking seventh. It's not impossible that he falls, right? Right. You know, Brady Brady Quinn fell all the way to the 20s. Brady Quinn stunk. That was the problem. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and then, of course, Cleveland drafted him. Well, here's the thing, though. (laughs) And here's where I'm going to get to the scouting department. Okay. They're like, I know there was like two chuckleheads that they continued to focus on in this movie, but NFL scouting departments are dozens of guys deep. It is their job to know the bank accounts, the social security numbers, the number of pets, the number of, of siblings, everything about the, the, the players in their region. The notion that some scout, Let's forget about the general manager who's focusing on bigger picture things and probably doesn't think at that point that they had a shot at getting Bo Callahan, which in and of itself is farcical because you would know there would be chatter around the league that Seattle's looking to move this pick. But let's just assume the general manager didn't know anything about that. The fact that there is not a scout in this building that was like, hey guys, this guy might be a phony and he might be an asshole and nobody was there to say it until we'll get to what happens. Like it's, it's, I know you have to drive the plot of the movie, but that that is as as unbelievable as there is. This is a can't miss prospect, and not a single person in your building had heard of the warts around him. Ridiculous. And it's except for that one guy who just t- keeps talking in riddles. <laughs> it's like, Ralph, the security guy. He knows yeah. more about Bo Callahan than any of the scouting guys. Ask me what happened at his birthday party. I don't have time for this man. If, <laughs> if you do not give me straightforward answers. I'm firing you immediately. (laughs) I totally forgot about that guy, but that was one of the other realistic parts of the movie. Not that you'd have a security guy who's going to talk in riddles all the time, but every single NFL team has a guy like that. I, I, yeah, there would have to be right. A, A head of security who knows police departments around the country, who knows other heads of security like that is a very important job in sports. Like, like they, they all talk essentially. Oh, for sure. For sure. And many of them are ex cops. Um, but that, that job, I, that was not there 
just to have a, a character who knows things that job exists N- none of them they don't talk like the sphinx but <laughs> but th- those guys absolutely exist in every single building so that was a realistic part too yeah R- R- ralph's just sitting there like hey sonny let's play two truths and a lie <laughs> if, if you want to find out what happens with bo callahan answer me my riddle three <laughs> It's like he's going to it's like he's going to one of the um what are, like, th- those hags that can tell the future one yeah. of them has the eye and one of them has like the the, the tongue or whatever or the, like, the the classic uh one of us tells the truth one of us can only lie right. you have to pick which one is, is telling the truth he read the he read the playbook no one went to his <laughs> birthday party oh geez what's going on here <laughs> so Sonny gets a call from Diddy who's Bo Callahan's agent, and Sonny gets the opportunity to talk to Bo, and it's fine, but Sonny's still not convinced. Yeah, who's actually listed in this movie as Sean Combs, which is odd. He didn't yeah. go the rock route and put the put the persona in the middle. Mm. I In my notes, I originally said Sean P. Diddy Combs, and I corrected myself. Cause yeah, don't, don't need to I'm offend not, him. I'm not going to use his dead name. It's fine. After the call, Sonny then has to deal with Penn, who comes into his office to tell him how much he hates the trade and to burn the scouting book that they spent all offseason putting together. And after Penn leaves, Sonny gets a call from his mom, Ellen Burstyn, who says she found out about the trade through Vontae's Twitter and that the trade was a mistake because he could have taken Jennings at seven. Yep, and we learn a very valuable lesson here. Never tweet. Never tweet. And again, total NFL propaganda, right? Just like telling the players, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> don't have a personality outside of football. Oh, and a <laughs> lot of coaches and general managers feel exactly that way. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they hate when these guys tweet or do anything social media related. If it's uh, not to make the the organization look good, I would absolutely, say absolutely, absolutely. And then after Penn leaves, Sonny then calls Vonte and tells him to stop tweeting. <laughs> Vonte says he can do whatever he wants, and that Sonny should take a good look at the tape. Vante sacked uh, sacked Bo four times, and look at what Bo does after the sacks. So another person talking in riddles, right? Now, yeah, oh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, and this drills home what Joe has been saying. If it, how has if if people are both scouting Mac and Bo Callahan, how has no one spotted what has happened in this game? Happens right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, every everybody is is just on top of how well Bo does overall in that game, but like it seems like. The, it seems like they're watching that game for the first time, which is seems to be a nationally televised game <laughs> that lots of people would have seen. <laughs> so now, now here's my next question, and, and maybe Joe, you or Joe or, or Mark, sure. one of you guys can answer this for me. So they watch that game where uh, where Vonte sacks Bo four times, right? And like after every sack, he uh, Bo gets rattled. Wouldn't the the logical thing be? To go to another game where he gets sacked and see how he reacts after it—that would be very logical, right? Because like maybe it's just this one player is in his head, not every time he gets sacked, right? And and by the way, uh, I you have to simplify things for movies, but scouting rooms are going to have debates like, yeah, I saw that, but we can coach it out of them, or it only really happened on this rare occasion, so maybe it was just a bad game. Like, no, it, yes, that that would be something that you would do. I don't think. Uh, actually, I know for, for a fact you would never take a guy and drop him on your draft board because he had a couple bad plays after he got sacked four times in one game. Like that, that would not be the case. But I'll, I'll, I'm willing to concede 
that they had to tell the story with some brevity because it's a Hollywood movie. But right. but yes, that is obviously the case. They would never, ever, ever, ever just base it off of four plays on for his entire career. And, and in that same game, he threw for four touchdowns with the game-winning touchdown at the end there. So <laughs> I feel like, like, okay, he got rattled, but he still like tore them apart, you know? But Mac Which, wasn't in the game at that point, Dan. That's oh, that's true because he oh, gave that's right, to some girl. <laughs> and that's another part where it's like where the scouts scouts don't do their. I don't know it's his mother, <laughs> his sister who died oh, of cancer sister. six months later. <laughs> at that point, do you not just fire those guys? It's like, like what oh, have you guys? What have you guys been doing all year? to be some like tom rinaldi tear sequence on espn about that too yeah like, oh my god Dante <laughs> mac got got ejected for giving a game ball to his deathly ill family member and yeah. like how is this not a travesty like like they just all found out about it at that moment that that was a little bit over the top yes yeah <laughs> hey what so like you guys know you're supposed to scout these guys right like not just like sit on the computer all day and talk about who you want to bang <laughs> Literally, it's their full-time job is to be college oh, scouts. Yeah, yeah so bad. Yeah. yeah, they were too worried about being on Bo Callahan's uh, college oh, yeah. or whatever website. Yeah. And there's no way someone would allow a college student to do that, right? Like, a college athlete of that caliber, like, dude, you got to take that website down. No one's going to draft you if they see this. It's just oh, it's yeah. a problem. It was the bigger red flag for Callahan. Yeah, the right, fact that website. this website existed. Like, like, so you you mean to tell me you have a you have a running list of all the girls that he's spent a night with, and you don't know that he might be a phony leader? Like that does not add up. <laughs> does not. Add up. Okay, this guy thinks he's Derek Jeter already. Yeah, Bavante tweeting. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> probably just color their skin. It's probably the reason. <laughs> Racism. <laughs> Probably at this point, <laughs> NFL not even trying to hide it. Yeah. Uh, Sonny calls Tom from Seattle to see why he was willing to trade away from the number one spot, not take Callahan. Callahan. And Tom is preoccupied, though, with the effigies of him from the fans of the Seahawks <laughs> are brandishing outside his window. Seems a little harsh. Um, meanwhile, Sonny's team is too busy looking at the paparazzi pictures of all the girls Bo has managed to bang rather than find anything of use to Sonny, so he chews their asses out for wasting his time. He's probably just firing them. And then Rick the intern tells Sonny that Brian Drew, the team's current QB, just trashed uh, Sonny's office, and then he told him to go fuck his dead mother. <laughs> Rick, Rick the intern. He told Rick the intern to go fuck his dead mother. Yeah. So... But this real, we didn't really touch on Rick, really. I mean, this poor kid just spent. Get, if you think Sonny is having a bad, uh, bad twelve hours, <laughs> Rick's twelve hours is infinitely worse. Yeah, and worse paid. Oh yeah, he's, a, <laughs> he's an intern. He might not get be getting paid. Right. That, that you know. So Sonny laments throughout the whole thing, like, oh, if you know, if I don't pull this off, I'm gonna lose my job. All right. Well, you're you're probably a millionaire. Uh, Rick is a kid straight out of college getting paid probably twelve fifty an hour. Uh, so I, I don't feel too bad for you, Sonny. You'll probably land somewhere else too, as that usually happens. So I don't care. Yeah. At the very least, he's probably getting some money from his dead dad, right? He didn't yeah, go to the man. will reading, so who knows, but <laughs> just but a his, very inopportune time to die. His ex-wife did though, Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is like, is that I don't know if that's nice or like evil. 
Uh, I mean, we really don't get enough of her uh, personality to figure out if it was like, well, I was married. He was my father-in-law at some point. So I should, right. should show my respects versus I hope there's something in there for me. <laughs> I, I get half of whatever he gets. Yeah. I, I do imagine that it was that that's a failed marriage due to Kevin Costner. Yeah. I mean, she after he throws the, the laptop, she tells Jennifer Garner good luck. But also he like he like derides her for like having a career in the arts. Yeah. Right. It's like, don't you have like an art exhibit to open or something? It's like, ooh, got her. <laughs> <laughs> really showed her. Yeah. Some aloe for that burn. And you know, she probably was like, Yeah, well, I ha- I ha- I do have an art gallery to go to, and I I'm living my best life, Sonny. Yeah. So I guess suck on that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget my alimony check at the end of the month. <laughs> and just throws the deuces up, walks out. <laughs> so Sonny confronts Drew in the locker room, who tells him to trade him if he's going to draft Callahan. Sonny tells him that he's going to do what is best for the team, whether that means he's going to trade Drew or otherwise. I, I love the strength coach in this scene. You can't quit, man. I'm after all the work you did. Right. <laughs> uh, he got the, like I said, he got the direction. Be kind of a nice meathead. <laughs> oh, and also, the moral of the story seems to be, if you don't get your way, throw a temper tantrum. And yeah. you, you will you will get what you want, right? Because yeah, Brian Drew, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Brian Drew finds out he, you know, he's not going to be the starting quarterback, crashes the GM's office. Can't imagine that's, you know, looked well upon. Uh, Dennis Leary doesn't like who they're going with. Burns a goddamn, almost starts a fire. Just like, like doesn't anyone know how to use their words and be rational in the Browns organization? <laughs> and even though we like him, Vontae Mack also is, you know, throws a fit on Twitter. Right. You know, yeah, essentially, he throws a little mini, uh, a little mini hissy fit. He ends up getting rewarded <laughs> with the number one draft pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything, everything works out for Vante. He gets much, a lot more money than he was expecting. Yeah, yeah, he he he's he comes out the ultimate winner here. Yeah, who do you think is most likely to to bomb out of the the league though? Vante uh, Jennings or Callahan? Jennings. I'll say Jennings just by nature of the yeah. yeah. You get right, one dude. bad hit, and you know, and mm-hmm. like here's the thing about quarterbacks. Um, I think a lot of times you want your quarterback to have a little prick in him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Because he, like he Aaron has Rodgers that. is a colossal prick. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, but I think his teammates respect that he's not a phony for whatever faults he has, and he has many. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Like they they do paint the picture that nobody likes Bo Callahan, which I think, as we've seen, has been a problem because I think that's been a problem with Carson Wentz. And I think yeah. it's been a problem, ironically, with the Browns, with Baker Mayfield. Um, so that there is a delicate balance, but I think a successful quarterback, many of them do have prick in them. You don't think Tom Brady's a prick? Of course he is. You know, like, <laughs> like, like that's... Uh, so I think just based on the little we know of the talent, I would say the running back... Uh, has, is the most likely guy to, to to bomb out. Sure. And as someone that has had to root against Tom Brady, as uh, someone that roots for a team in that division, uh, you don't have to tell me that he's a prick. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Although now he's like kind of funny on like social media. So I kind of hate that he is a little bit. Uh, he, now there's it's a like... little bit of self-awareness to him that's kind of uncomfortable. 
Yeah, yeah like, I hate just, it. Like it's like it's not like self-aware in that ninety-nine percent of people are. But you thought he was less self-aware than basically every human being on Earth. Like he was just a a robot. A robot, right. and now that he's not that, yeah, it's kind of disconcerting. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's it's definitely come to that. Like he has nothing to prove to anyone. He's kind of like untouchable. So he can go out and just kind of be, he can make fun of himself a little bit. Like, you know, I'm literally the best player to have almost ever played this game. So I can go kind of just like do whatever I want now. He's got that fuck you money. Fuck you ring. Fuck you rings is what he's got. He's got fuck you everything. The fuck you wife, the fuck you rings, the money. It's like whatever. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's got his own brand. That's good to be him, I'd imagine. I'm sure it doesn't suck. (laughs) And who would want to hear him complain? Right. (laughs) Like, ah, fuck you, man. (laughs) Was Elon crashing your Tesla stock? Oh, boo hoo. Yeah, boo hoo. So Sonny gets a call from the Chiefs, who just got a call from Drew's agent, and they're interested in Drew if the Browns plan to draft Callahan. Sonny says he needs time to think on it. And then that, that part of the story just goes away. Yeah, I think it just leads to the confrontation with Dennis yeah. Leary's character. I think yeah. it's all that conversation is for. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot about that. They really never go back to the Chiefs. No. Mm-hmm. So Ralph, the team security, comes to Sonny with some dirt he dug up on Bo. Apparently there's an incident at Bo's 21st birthday party that caused the cops to be called. But the cops didn't report a single member of his team went to the party, insinuating that Bo doesn't have any friends on the team. Sonny calls the head coach at Wisconsin to ask about the party and why none of the teammates were at the party. Head coach played by none other than Sam Elliott, and he basically calls he calls Sonny an idiot, and the cops just didn't write down the players' names because they didn't do anything wrong. And it sounds like some uh, you know looking the other way sort of thing with the cops in a in a university town, especially in Madison. Yeah. Um, yeah so I was ninety nine point nine percent sure this was Sam Elliott, but in the back of my head, I'm like. What if it's not Sam Elliott? <laughs> You'd be laughed off this podcast, yeah. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm not even gonna look it up because I can, I can, uh, I know Ant's gonna bring it up if it is Sam Elliott. So yeah, we would have never let you live it down. No, I mean Dan mistook uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for Will Chamberlain <laughs> earlier. So yeah, um, but he's still here. It's okay. We're allowed to make mistakes. We're just humans. Yeah, Bo Callahan's allowed to make mistakes too. But that and he gets picked six. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Penn tries to talk to uh, Ali. I almost said Ali. Uh, Penn tries to talk to Ali to get her to talk to Sonny about trading out of one. And Ali tells him to do his own talking for himself. It's a weird sentence I wrote. <laughs> Sonny then gets a call from Buffalo offering a trade for the first overall pick. It's a good trade involving future picks and a star running back. Do you have anything to say about this uh, this pick, this dra- trade there, Joe? Yeah, what was the package? It was a first round pick. It was it was a handful of draft picks. Uh, they really didn't get into how good the star running back is, but they said a blue chip running back. I don't exactly remember what it was, though. Yeah, well, I think they, they're going back to the running back because of... Uh... Because of the the the, the coaches want for one Dennis Leary's want for one Penn, I guess his name is. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was I, two first rounders in the next two years, but not this yeah, year. Um, I probably would not have made that trade if I if I had that for round pick because you would have been essentially admitting 
I made a mistake with this trade and I traded three first round picks and got two back. Uh, no, 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 no. Cannot make that trade. Can't do it. <laughs> so he, he makes the right call there. Yeah, I think he makes the right call. Uh, but Sonny then approaches Penn because he knows it was Penn that called Buffalo to try and get a trade done. And then Sonny goes into Allie's office to talk about the trade with Buffalo when he says it's a good trade, but it might mean that he'll never get to make a first round pick in Cleveland ever. So Sonny then goes back into the war room and tells everyone that the plan is to still draft Bo Callahan, but they should look at the tape of Vontae Max sacking Bo. After watching a few plays, they realize that Bo gets happy feet after he gets sacked. The only reason why he won the game is because Vontae got ejected for some ticky-tack personal foul because he gave his sister the football. Meanwhile, Molina is now at the draft and just eating up the limelight on national television, not ever removing his sunglasses. <laughs> I don't think Langella removes sunglasses throughout this entire movie. I don't oh, think that's a good point. I don't think he does either. Yeah. Then Sonny gets a call from the Texans asking about Vontae Mack and what he thinks of him, and Sonny is noncommittal. And then Ralph comes up to Sonny again with more news about Bo. He relays a story from the scouts at Washington that they taped a $100 bill to the back of the playbook to see if the prospects would read it. Bo essentially lied about reading the playbook and about the $100 bill. And then Ralph also mentions that Brian Drew, when they tried this trick on him, mailed the $100 bill back. So I was reading the trivia that apparently this is similar to something that they did to Jamarcus Russell. Correct. I was going to ask you what that was. uh, Teams definitely do stuff like this. I don't know exactly what, but stuff like this definitely happens. So, like, if anybody thinks that's the most ridiculous part about this movie, it is not even close to the most ridiculous part. (laughs) Teams definitely do stuff like this. According to the trivia, what they did to Jamarcus Russell, they gave him DVDs saying that, oh, here's game tape, go home and watch it. But the DVDs were blank. And he (laughs) said, yeah, oh, no, I watched that all. <laughs> that's Damn. why he's that's why he's a hall of fame quarterback yeah yeah they, they, <laughs> um and you know this whole thing of of talking about this was just to you know keep bringing home the point that you know Bo might not be who he says he is sort of thing going that yeah you know well, here's the thing like bone Bo never says he's anything right like he never claims yeah. he's this great guy he's just i'm a yeah. good quarterback yeah, but he just keeps trying to cover up any flaws he has instead of just admitting them. I That'd think is okay. what they're coming to. You know, like the story being that the guys that were embarrassed that didn't read the book and didn't see it on Dollar Bill would admit it and just apologize. Um, but he just lied about it. Gotcha. I, I find it hard to believe that he's the only one that lied about it, to be honest with you. It's a Hollywood movie, as Joey said multiple times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think one of the failings, though, is that there there is a the part of this movie is, you know, trying to find the fault in Bo's character, but we never really, we never really meet Bo in general. Obviously, obviously that means it's going to be a longer movie and another thread, which I will never advocate for, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't, I don't feel like we ever really get a confirmation on his character. Like the whole, the whole birthday party thing. Like he never, he, he gives a non-answer at the end, you know? Yeah, it was like, oh, I was to be honest with you, I don't even remember that night. Like, okay, well, that's either him lying or you know, conceivably a twenty-one-year-old star football player. You know, I could see that being an actual uh, admission of being super drunk. You know, yeah. it's not impossible. So I, I don't. We never really spend enough time with Cal Bo to see like, ooh, this guy is just kind of is kind of seedy. You know, that you would see at like another. F- an actual football movie like uh, uh, the guy that 
Keanu Reeves replaces in the replacements. You know, you you meet you sit with him enough to know like that guy's an asshole. Right. Callahan, we it's just we hear through the grapevine that he's kind of a shitty person. Because Callahan, we know we never you know, he seems like a normal dude. Um so back at his office, Sonny's mom and ex-wife show up because his dad wanted his ashes scattered on the practice field, and for some reason she needs to do that right this second. He gets mad, throws a laptop, and his mom says she'll scatter the ashes herself. So Allie takes him outside to calm him down. He talks about how his mother was the one that suggested he fire his dad because the stress was going to kill him and she wanted to spend more time with him in his last years. That is another running thing in this movie, is that um, Sonny fired his own father. Yeah. And uh, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Again, again, who cares? Yeah. On the way back to his office, Sonny sees Rick, the intern, trying to piece together his laptop that Sonny threw against the wall. So Sonny feels bad and tells him that he's going to get him a new one. He he basically gives him like the chin up kind of speech, you know, like, yeah, you know, we've all been there. Right, buddy? Yeah. Come on, dude. Act like you've been there. You're you're the GM of a professional sports team. Yeah. And then get it's you, the NFL. Okay. I was say, we'll get you on with all the bells and whistles. Like he does, he doesn't know letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one that has all the letters on it. <laughs> <laughs> and a num- number lock key, you know? Mm-hmm. Kids are all going crazy for that. F1 through 10s. Uh, 2014, that's the big thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's the NFL draft. And Sonny's asking Allie who he should draft. She doesn't have an answer for him, but I think she gives him that paper that's that says what it says. That I don't know. I didn't even talk about it through this pro this whole plot oh, outline. Wait a minute. So she gives him a piece of paper? No, or... no, no, no. no. So she finds it in the office. He wrote it down, right? He wrote it down. Okay, good. Or, that, or his dad, that or his dad did. Oh, right? We don't, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. No, I think I I think I remember him writing it. He wrote okay. it down. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because they basically that note it, it wipes out the entire movie essentially. It kind of does like yeah, the, um, the, it negates the, everything. Yeah, the entire movie is is basically you start realizing when you see what that note says that his whole thing has been finding a reason to take someone besides, you know, who it says. Like not even that, right? Because like it it's a finite statement on that letter. On that note, yeah. So the can we can we just can we get to that? I guess since we're we're, we're yeah, kinda... it's the on the paper it says take uh, Vante Mac no matter what is what so, it says. Yeah, so that negates the entire day the entire day's worth of him fretting about who to take because he already knew who he wanted. Right. So I I don't understand the 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 point of trying to whittle down uh Bo Callahan if, I, if I... you know who you're taking. I read it as like this is a symbol of his principles, mm-hmm. like this let this page, and then he was convinced to do something that he didn't want to do by trying to make a splash, and then um, he stuck to his guns basically, yeah, right, by picking the guy at one that he could have had at seven, yeah, basically. and and he has like a mini meltdown after that, pretty Which much, is, yeah, he absolutely one hundred percent should. First of all, he's taking a, a linebacker with the number one overall pick. That's a question. But also, you've mortgaged the future of the team for a guy that you could have had at the pick if you just did nothing. If you slept in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't talk to that guy while he was eating his pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
if Sonny <laughs> wakes up at like noon this day, he's had such an easier day. <laughs> right, right. He he misses the phone call with Seattle. Yeah, Seattle yeah. drafts. Uh, uh, he, they trade away their pick to somebody else. Yeah. But now, like, here's the thing at the beginning of the show where I talked about how he fails upwards because he he makes that pick, the number one pick. And then by the grace of God, everyone, every other team now doesn't draft the quarterback. They don't draft Bo Callahan. Mm-hmm. So now he's put back in an advantageous, advantageous uh, spot. Yeah. This, most of this movie is Sonny trying to undo what he does in the first 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so wild because, and, and maybe Joe, you can answer this, but is, is that the trend that would happen in the draft? So if, you know, I'm the GM for the Browns and I, I make that pick, I, I don't pick Bo Callahan. Do the other teams now panic and not take him as well? Uh, not unless those other teams have the same exact information the Browns have. Exactly. Right. So they, they don't. They would have to have the information. There is no way they would sit here and say, whoa, what do they know that we don't? And <laughs> now you might ask that at some point. Like, do they know something we don't? But those teams would have to be confident in their evaluations. No, there's absolutely no way those teams would 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 let a guy fall down just entirely based on um something that they think another team might know no it's it that's a ridiculous proposition and it proves it's ridiculous by what happens at the end uh okay so uh sunny calls Bo to ask him about the birthday party and if any of the players showed up and Bo says he doesn't remember so we don't get anything any information out of that Sonny puts in his pick and keeps it a secret from everyone else but he winds up pick, taking Vontae Mack, the guy he could have gotten at seven. So it's a weird pick, to say the least. So Sonny laments kind of feeling like he didn't do anything particularly right today, which probably pretty true. But then a few picks go by, and now Bo Callahan hasn't been drafted yet, and now he's falling in the draft. The War Room then realized that the only team standing in the way of the Seahawks winding up with Callahan on top of their next two draft picks for the next couple of years, and after all said and done, is Jacksonville. Which so, is great. I love that. Just well, two the most totally incompetent. thing is Jacksonville being oh. <laughs> Hey, but they, they've got the sixth pick. <laughs> it's I one. don't know <laughs> which trade is more realistic. He's got, I love how they paint that they've got this young general manager. And in the unedited version of this film, guys, you actually see this young general manager shitting his pants on live television. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he is scared to death that there's something wrong with Callahan. And then, oh my God, the trade he makes. Oh, <laughs> oh get into what the trade is. So I can't yeah. even. So Sonny gets the GM of Jacksonville on the phone and convinces Jacksonville to trade their first round pick to the Browns for their next three second round picks. Oh, God. This trade is horrible. Um, <laughs> now, you could convince me that, like, a team picking at, like, 27 would trade that pick to a team looking to move back into the first round for their next three first-round pick, uh, second-round picks. A team trading three second-round picks to move into the top 10 of a draft is preposterous. It would never happen. You <laughs> cannot make that trade without getting a future first-round pick. You cannot do it. Can't. Yeah. Now there's no player involved here. No, this is this is the biggest fleecing in <laughs> NFL history. This trade, yeah, yeah, and, and it's just appropriate that the uh, entire war room of the Jacksonville Jaguars celebrates it 
as though it is the greatest trade of all time. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> and I love speaking at GM. He tries. He tries to you know a bluff, play you know the bluff thing and go give me four. And as soon as Sonny goes no, he's like, all right, you said three, right? <laughs> Just immediately backs down. Four would still be a bad trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just funny. He tries to oh. counter offer and then immediately. Oh, what a horrible deal. <laughs> uh, it, and again, it's just, it's so great that it's between two of the, like two of the laughing stocks of the NFL. Yeah. You have the Browns, you have the Browns and the Jaguars just like out, out clowning each other. Yeah. yeah. Jets must've had a good year the year before. Cause they ain't in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then here we go. The big spot. <laughs> yeah. The big, the big denouement, if you will. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the climax, I guess. Yeah, not the denouement. Yeah. I'm so, throwing bad film terms out around here. <laughs> so Penn flips out. Molina somehow makes it back from New York already, and he's freaking out. But then Sonny gives the Seahawks a call, telling them that he's going to draft Callahan ahead of them, just to spite them, more or less, unless the Seahawks trade back the picks the Browns gave them, plus a kick returner. And for some reason, the Seahawks agree. Yeah. yeah I love real. the... <laughs> they uh i love that he puts it on pause he's like all right what else do we need as though they could get anybody they want off this team. <laughs> like he 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 is so firmly in the driver's chair yeah. like i could just take whatever i want from these guys now it, it's like wow. a, it's like a money ball moment right where uh brad pitt and jonah hill are trading for uh jeremy giambi and he's asking, he's asking Jonah Hill, oh, who, who else do we want? Who else do we want? Oh, 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 get this guy. Get this guy. I want this guy. And they, 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 they get him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is Moneyball light, right? Right. Yeah. The Kevin Costner literally was the worst general manager in history in this movie and the best. <laughs> and the Seahawks general manager was a competent one. And then somehow isn't even the worst general manager in the movie because that belongs to the Jaguars guy. <laughs> We <laughs> traded the sixth overall pick for three second round picks. Oh my god! Oh, I like that one. I literally like my buddy texted me and he said, and it wasn't Myers, and he said, "When you get to the draft scene, you have to give me a reaction test." Uh, text. Man, it's just and then it's we're just, ridiculous. We're shooting back and forth, and we just go Putney. <laughs> like they even got Putney. Like how do you get Putney in that deal? <laughs> and and that's like one of the oh. biggest wins for them. Yeah. God, like you get. And then they take the running back at seven, but oh my, I mean, just like the only realistic trade in this entire movie is the first one. That's it. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, yeah. And the, and the reason obviously they draft the running back is the only other named character in the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get one scene with him throughout the whole movie and like, we're supposed to be emotionally involved with the running back. Yeah. He's Cleveland royalty. Oh yeah. The, you know what the most unbelievable thing about this movie was was whenever roger goodell goes out onto the dais he is oh yeah food off the stage <laughs> like, like he's getting cheered that's like oh they, they made that they made that happen <laughs> even my wife knew like oh he, he usually gets booed doesn't he like every time every well, time even exit on now so like he's in on it now like yeah but no not in this movie yeah no like yeah again you gotta make us look good yeah and they and they uh, and they also didn't have any Jets fans commenting on the draft, so it was unrealistic for me. And that, that really yeah, I I did really like the uh, the Cleveland bar when they choose Vontae number one, and the guys at the bar are like, oh no, 
<laughs> like the other, like what the hell is going on here? Uh, that, it's many many years old, but that video is still one I will probably oh, watch this Thursday. The Jets uh, draft blunders. Yeah. I'll be posting it on my Twitter feed on Thursday. Matter of fact, when we're done here, here I'm gonna go watch it downstairs on my big screen. It's just it's <laughs> two minutes, and there's a point where Pete Rizel, the the commissioner of the NFL, comes out and says the Jets first round selection fullback and he yeah. just says the position and there's a Jets fan that goes oh, no in the background because they, <laughs> they didn't even hear the guy's name he heard his position and it's like it said oh my god uh Myers uh you're gonna have me watching that now yeah yeah I watch it every year <laughs> sorry Ant it's okay. guys Anthony's <laughs> right here I mean yeah I know what I picked yeah. <laughs> god bless you man I mean, I haven't watched a game in years, so it Missing helps out, that they man, suck. From what it I helps hear. that they suck because they don't get national coverage. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, according to this movie, the uh, the Jets drafted in the second round the real lifer Bo Callahan and Christian Hacken. Oh, <laughs> no, again, I'm, I'm telling you guys. Dick. I think he just stunk. Yeah, 2014 Seattle wins the Super Bowl. Cleveland went eight and nine. So. <laughs> Pretty good for the, the Browns. Right, yeah. That, that's like their Super Bowl, really. Yeah, it's because of Brian Drew. So <laughs> I, Also, real quick, I think that I was kind of like, did they have to do this? They mentioned Ryan Leaf, how he's a total bust. Uh, yeah, yeah but, she, but she also, when she mentions Ryan Leaf, she also gives like his entire backstory. Like a yeah. general manager wouldn't know that. Like, yeah, yeah, but that's what they said about Ryan Leaf who was the number two overall pick in 1998 when he came out of Washington state after losing the Rose bowl, like, like, like uh, she didn't go that far, but like, it, it's just like, it reminded me of the part where he's like, yeah, your star wide receiver has been in here. And he's like, just like, uh, they didn't let, uh, they didn't necessarily count on the audience using its intelligence to figure th- things out in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I picture Ryan leaf sitting at home watching the movie. Like, Oh, come on. I haven't yeah, been in the league in, <laughs> Where my is trays, man. Embraces his bus status now. Yeah, <laughs> like, unfortunately, that's the, that's what he's known for. I, I think at this point you have to, or else you're gonna, you know, swallow the wrong end of shotgun after a certain <laughs> amount of years. Yeah, okay, that's what did it in his in his note. Yeah. Uh, so Seahawks wind up drafting Callahan and the Browns draft Jennings. When everyone's happy and Molina congratulated Sonny for having a huge set of balls. Team has a celebratory party with the new draft picks, and then Sonny, Allie, and his mom essentially walk into the sunset, which gets ruined by an unnecessary epilogue of the season kickoff. And then a terrible fake Imagine Dragons song plays over the officially licensed NFL stills as the credits roll. And that is the end of draft day. Yeah, so good old friend Nate Allen in that collage, Joe. Oh, he's in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That that, that made me remember what year that was a. Oh. That that was a remember some guys thing, and like yeah. 20, 2014 doesn't seem that long ago. But in in the NFL, when careers are so short, it is a remember some guys thing. Oh, sure. Remember Peyton Hillis? Yeah. You don't go <laughs> back. I mean, Peyton Hillis is the exception because you know in twenty fifteen you're like, oh man, I remember that guy <laughs> barely. <laughs> uh, and that's draft day. Uh, kind of weird that it exists, to be honest with you. I'm telling yeah, you. It- it was, yeah, it's a movie, like I said, I've been thinking about was perfect for this podcast, especially when we start doing themed uh, uh, movies around times a year. 
Um, I'm glad we could get it on this year. Um, glad Joe could join us uh, just because this movie is just a, a like the most obvious propaganda thing. But you could you could probably find some people on Twitter. I mean, you could find people on Twitter that say anything um, that would just say that this movie is like a masterpiece and exactly how the NFL is. <laughs> Dude, they got it so right, man. Not. I, I'm just. I was it's happy that. All the same. Yeah, I was just happy Joe was able to break because you. I knew certain drafts or certain you know trades were like, oh, that doesn't sound great. But by having Joe be able to break down exactly why it's terrible, <laughs> again, just mind-boggling how bad some of these things actually, like, like earth-shatteringly bad for teams. God, it was. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's that's got to be like the the the, the stinger. For like the the TikTok, they got Putney. <laughs> yeah, it is re- it is really weird that the that the the cap on that trade is a, an, a character we have never met before. <laughs> but they managed. Uh, oh my god! Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, do you want to talk fireable offense? Moving <laughs> down from one to six while also losing your star kick returner—that's a—that's a pretty fireable offense. That's incredibly <laughs> fireable. Oh my god! Oh, there's so much we could get get to, but yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, Seahawks general manager, loser of this, not as big a loser as the Jaguars. But he was already a loser, but no, <laughs> by beginning the Jaguars. <laughs> At least he got those second round picks. Yeah, he'll keep him warm at night when he is uh, homeless because <laughs> <laughs> he don't have a job. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we have a movie where the heroes of the movie are NFL front office personnel. You know. Right. That's Just, what everyone's wanting to know about. Yeah, right? exactly. Really, the unsung heroes of the world. Oh yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they do. They do the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. That's all I got. It's yeah. Uh, uh, the the NFL draft is is today when this movie drops. Joe, is there anything we could look out for today? What's a prediction if you want to give us one? I feel like Putney is going to get moved today. <laughs> I hope so. No, um, this is um, this is a draft where I, I don't have any really specific projections because this is a very unsettled draft class. Like, there's no like slam dunk uh, Bo Callahan in this draft where somebody's gonna. <laughs> no, like no, it like there could be guys who are going like top five, top ten who you were like, whoa, I had never heard that name going that high, and I think it's going to be because. It's a draft that has a lot of talent, but not a super high-end amount of talent. It's just more deep in talent. And I think there's going to be fewer guys who are graded as first-rounders on teams' boards, and they're just going to end up taking who they think are the best players on. Uh, I I would expect some trades, teams trading down if they can to accrue more picks. That always happens, but this is a trade where I think having more selections is more beneficial than having a high selection. Yeah, just got to make sure you get those three second-round picks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, getting three second round picks is fine as long as you're not trading the sixth pick in the draft form. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's going to wrap us up this week. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on this week. Is there a, uh, where could people find you on Twitter or whatever socials? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FG. That's fun guy underscore Dolan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Joe Dolan FF. That's mostly me posting pictures of my dogs, but Twitter, yeah. I'm always hooting and hollering about something. Um, and you can find my work at fantasypoints.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh, we got 
So look, check out the NFL draft today, and we got a bunch of great episodes coming up this these coming weeks. We've got um, a really special one going on next week, which will be fun. And uh, yeah, so check us out on all the socials where where we post all this stuff. You, if you if you're listening to this, you know where to find us. Basically, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, the director of Draft Day is Ivan Reitman. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling director Ivan Reitman. Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.